Have you guys ever experienced the, man, I, I should have, I should have. Like, you know, I'm not talking about that, that strong feeling that, man, I should have invested in the Chiefs. Oh, man, son of a gun. I, I could have paid for a full tank of gas. Or, or, or at least, you know, buy a couple of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, man. But I'm not talking about that kind of sense in your gut. Many years ago, my, my, uh, when my pastor, Ray Viliamu of Makakilo Baptist Church, uh, retired, and the church put together a pastoral team of which I was chosen to be on it, to oversee the church until they hired a new pastor. Well, soon after, I get a call at about four in the morning, for, you know, notify me that, that a fellow church member that had been in St. Francis Hospice for a while had passed away. And uh, I, you know, I, I thanked uh, my friend and for letting me know, and I groggily kind of went back to bed, you know, really committing that I would go and visit them at their home later that morning. Well, I went back to bed, and then this strange, strange feeling just, just kept coming in my gut. Go and visit the family. <laughs> Go visit the family. Like, like, why? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to, 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 to see them, and and the family. They, they need their quiet time. They, they need their private morning time. Just go visit. And I go, oh, why? I mean, I mean, like he, he's in heaven. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a Southern Baptist. You know, we, we, we don't bring people back. You know what I mean? Like, just, just you know, I, I'm not going to be a member of a Pentecostal church until 10 years from now. Nah, 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 I know I wasn't thinking that. But, um, so, you know, so I just, like, throw my covers over my head. And a half hour later, I arrived at hospice. And uh, a large crowd actually had gathered outside of his room. And they were all his construction buddies, huge guys, huge guys. And so I had a lot of difficulty actually getting into the room. And I, even if I would say, like, excuse me, they were trying to get in before to, to you know, give their, their sympathies before heading off to work. So I finally had to pull rank where I said, hey, guys, I'm the pastor, right? Come on, let me go. And, and so, like, the the rock split open right it's huge guys and and then the wife and mom says oh thank you Hale we were waiting for you <laughs> you know can can you pray you know and they're looking at their son their husband I'm thinking whoa I'm gonna pray for like I don't can raise I don't can raise do they think I'm gonna I don't know, right? I kind of, but I remember that at least outwardly, you, I saw on TV, you look like the priest, and you go, yes, yes, right? So I said, Lord, I have no idea what I'm gonna say right now. I hope I don't say something dumb, because there's a lot of big people. 
And, and so I, I just, just talked and said, Lord, brothers is now in your presence. And he finally is free from the pain. But we're here and it hurts. Comfort mom, the wife, the kids, and all these guys that have come to say goodbye and to say condolences. In Jesus' name, and oh, the mom just hugged my hand, and the wife hugged me, and and uh, I stayed there for about an hour. And as as I got out, you know, I it, it, it's about five minutes to just get out of the room, and only because like I was getting these bone crushing hugs, right? <laughs> it's like thank you, thank you, and I was like oh oh, you know, they thought I was acknowledged. I was just a pain. Right, but, but then I said, you know, Lord, oh man, thank you for letting me, me show up, you know. My pastor friend who has since passed on, Maury Hiratani of uh, Pearl City Baptist Church, describes that stirring in the heart as, as the impulse of God. That is, God is urging through the Holy Spirit, asking you to come with him. Number one, pay attention to the impulse of God. Pay attention to the impulse of God. The, the meat of the message today is, is really taken from Luke chapter, almost all of it from Luke chapter 24. It's a great time to break out your Bible as I only had enough room to just add a couple verses in your notes. But it, it opens up, chapter 24 opens up with the women discovering that the tomb is empty. And after that, two angels tell them that Jesus is alive. And soon after, Peter running to verify if it was true that the tomb was empty. So later, two followers of Christ one of them named, is named Cleopas. Cleopas. They were walking along the road headed to the town of Emmaus, trying to figure out what, what just happened. Like, where, where did we get it so wrong that, that Jesus wasn't the Messiah? That, that we were waiting for. And to end, it's insult to injury, they, they steal his body. And then, and then the women started, start to see things like, oh man. And the disciples, for sure, asking each other, where do we go from here? Now that our hopes and our dreams crucified. And then literally out of nowhere, this guy appears to them and asks them what they're talking about. So let me start reading from Luke 24, uh, verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their 
faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And, and what is more, it is the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came back and told us they had seen visions of angels who, who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. And then this guy proceeds to lecture them. Okay. Verse 25, he says to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all, the, all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And, and maybe they were just too deep in shock and grief to reply. You, you know, if, because it's me, if I was with Cleopas, you, you know what I would do? I would like, dude, well, I'm sure you don't know who we are. We were with the guy from the beginning, like, you know, all the way till, to the end. Where are you coming off talking to us about stuff we already know? What, you think you God or what? But they didn't say that. It isn't written in the scriptures, but something about this guy was different, right? Okay. Listener warning. The guy is Jesus, right? <laughs> and they don't know it yet. Verse 28, and they approached the village to which they were going. Jesus continued on as if Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Notice the verse says, as if. Other translations read, making like, pretending to. If it was translated from uh, people from Kauai, it would say he was acting. Right? He was acting. Me meaning, Jesus' desire was to be with them. Uh, kind of like if you were kind of walking to Long's and, and you ran into a couple of your friends talking about the Super Bowl party they were having that afternoon. You, you kind of make small talk with them, and, and then you start thinking, gee, I really don't want, want to watch the Chiefs and the 49ers play. 
you know, just by myself watching my 72-inch TV. You know, as you're about to leave, you know, one of them says, hey, bro, what you doing this afternoon? Uh, you like come watch uh, the game with us. And then you say, nah, 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 nah. And they insist, hey, come, get plenty grinds. And again, from, no, you wouldn't be here, you'd be at the carnival. But if you graduate from Punahou, it'd be saying like, we'd like for you to join us. There's gonna be a plethora of hors d'oeuvres, <laughs> right? And then I go like, nah, 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 that's all right. Why? What you gonna do? Oh, I, uh, I'm gonna do my devotionals. <sighs> do it later. Come to our party, for real. You pause and you say like, okay then, let me go inside, pick up one case Heineken, I mean, Heineken do lemon. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna pick up Heineken do, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna pick up one, one case, right? Christians, right? So, you know, can I, right? Uh, come on, what, what do you think Jesus would bring? You know, if, actually, if you look at scripture, you know what he would bring probably? Grilled salmon and, and fresh ahi pokey. Okay, by the way, not, not freshly made pokey, okay? He'd bring fresh pokey. Respond to the impulse of God, and I will experience him. Verse 30 when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes opened and recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled there. Because they, they responded, they experienced the blessing he wanted them to. Because they responded, then they experienced the blessing he wanted them to. Two, two weeks ago, I was on Molokai uh, having a lunch after I had uh, given a talk similar to what I'm giving. And a woman, you know, says, uh, you know, hell, I don't even question. I don't even question when I feel like, like um, I have the prompting. You know why? Because several months ago, like I, I had this feeling, right, that, that came over me. So, so like what I did was, was I, 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 I started to pray, and then, and I pick up the phone, and, and I just call my, call, call my friend. I ended up rushing to her house and taking her to the ER, because um, she had a medical emergency. And then, right after that, I had some, something almost similar, and then that, that go visit my friend. Just go visit your friend. So she goes, visit her friend, who was just going through some family stuff, just really difficult 
stuff. And she led her friend to Christ, right? Sometimes, however, you know, it's not as you know, nice like that, right? And sometimes the blessings don't occur quickly. And sometimes there even may be a cost associated with it. One of my friends shared with me that she had uh, been taking one of her very, very good friends, preteen sons, to, to church uh, because his behavior had just gone wild. You know, so uh, she'd pick him up and just get him dressed and go to church. Well, after one particular service, they decide to just stay for the church baptism, right? And then the pastor says, okay, anybody, anybody else want to be baptized? And, and then she notices that, that this kid, whose hand actually she was holding, because brother would run, I'm serious, he'd like run. He just started just cry. He just started to just cry. And, and she goes, hey, what? And he goes, I like be baptized. And she goes, what? Because, <laughs> well, that was wonderful. Like, she knew, she, she knew she'd get in trouble with the parents. She just said, like, oh, man. And, and actually, the, the boy said, I, I don't think my mom and dad are going to like this, too. And not only that, but he was, like, dressed in Sunday's best, right? And so he wasn't ready for baptism. She called the pastor over. They and the you know they they asked him, "Oh, do you believe in Jesus?" Well, actually, he had accepted Christ six months prior, right? And and um, you know, and that you know, if you, if you get baptized, like something like nothing special going to happen, you know, right? Like you're not all of a sudden get magical powers. And he goes, and, and and the boy says, "I know, I know, I know." And so the pastor turns to the 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 his Hanai auntie. She goes, ah, baptize them, baptize them. Well, sure enough, that relationship with her best friend fractured. It just fractured. It just wasn't good. It's better now, right? Three months later. But the boy is different. I mean, he's still the 10-year-old Koloi, but, but he's nowhere close. And he now wants and not hides to go to church, right? And she even said, hell, hell, I wouldn't do it again. But I'm glad I did it though, right? Sometimes it costs. When we respond, we all will be blessed, maybe later, but when we respond, we all will be blessed. Now. Anybody know, I mean, not that you would, but if you do, I promise, okay, if, if you know the answer to this, how far is it from Jerusalem where they came from to Emmaus? Anybody know? If you know, cold glass of water, fresh, right there, right, right, right there, Brother Duran will get you. Anybody know? It's seven miles. Okay, so they had reached Emmaus, right? 
So it's, it's seven miles. So, uh, and which, by the way, I measured it, you know, Google map. It's the same from here, this ministry center, to whole Kelly, where we have our Sunday worship, right? So scripture says that Cleopas and his friend returned at once. Now, no, notice right there. Try to figure it out. What do you think that means in light of no Uber or Lyft? They returned at runs. How do you think they probably got there? <clears throat> well, it says, what, what did they say? At once. They returned at once. So how did they walk? If they did, they kind of walked faster. But I think, you know, you know, short of hiring a donkey or a horse or whatever, I think they just ran. I think they just was running, right? Like running in. And one of them would probably say like, I'm going to tell Peter. I'm going to tell Peter. You go tell Mary. And the other one probably said, no, you go tell, you go tell Mary. I'm going to tell Peter. And they run and then probably to get tired, right? So the guy, so one of the guys, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as the other guy goes, it's your break, it's your break. So the other guy goes down, poop, and he just starts going again. Because you know they wanted to be there. They wanted to tell the guys, guess what? I saw Jesus. We saw Jesus, right? So when they get there, this is what the disciples, now remember, there were disciples and other people there. When, when they get there, this is what the disciples and his friends, when they returned, probably all at once, this is what they, they said when they got to Jerusalem. Verse 34, and saying, it is true, the, and they're, they're speaking to Cleopas and, and his friend. It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And I could imagine these guys like this, right? Like, try wait, try wait, try wait. And the, then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Because they responded, they were blessed. And guess what? That, you know, you kind of know when it's God, probably when you go like, nah, oh wow. Because boom, guess what happens? Right? Jesus you know, does a cameo appearance. If you don't know what cameo appearance is, Google it after church, okay? But he makes a cameo appearance, right? Now I'm gonna switch subjects almost quite, well, dramatically. I'm going to talk about suicide. 75% of the people who die by suicide don't let anyone know, don't leave any note, and don't have a recognized, diagnosable mental illness. 75%. And there there's, have been cases, and I was made aware of one uh, recently, right, that when a person either survives a serious suicide attempt or right before they died they expressed regret for having done so in 24% of the case, so it's cases someone makes an actual attempt within 5 minutes of making the decision 5 minutes 47% almost 50% make the decision once they send in mind, I'm, I'm going to take my life within one hour. Right? A third of youth 
faced a crisis within 24 hours of taking their life. It, it just appears suddenly. Well, to you, if, if you're there, right? It's, it's, and there are people around that, that were within that time period. And always say, I had no idea. What's going in, on inside of the head of those who are seriously contemplating suicide? The most important thing is they feel trapped in their life situation. That they feel there's no way out of their life circumstances except to die by suicide. And as believers, we know that's a lie from the devil. John 10, 10, the thief comes to lie, to steal, and kill. The, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So, so how can we help? How many of you here that if you knew somebody was about to take his life or her life, we try to talk the person out of it. It's everybody, right? <clears throat> the problem is, if, if they're serious, right? They probably won't tell you, you know, contrary to, to what you've heard, right? Unless you insist, right? And, and think about it, many times when we're struggling, especially if we're feeling embarrassed and ashamed, We'd rather keep it to ourselves, right? Or, or we may be thinking, anyway, if I tell them, like, well, what are they going to do anyway, right? And if, and we are, like most people, when we're troubled, we, we generally pose. Although truth be told, we're hurting on the inside. So if your heart if, if you're around somebody, and if your heart just, just, sometimes for no apparent reason, but your heart becomes unsettled when you're in the presence of that person, and that person doesn't quite seem like it's him or herself, or uh, that person keeps coming to mind, uh, don't ignore it, reach out. I mean, think about it, what, what's, what's the worst that could happen? That you show you care? You know, what if you save a life? And I, I know in, in, in this room there are many, not just few of you, that, that you, you didn't ignore the impulse of God. And you went beyond that. No, no bro, no, no, I, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you pushed. And you discovered that that person's hurt was fresh. You listen to the Lord's prompting to care outside your comfort zone. You listen to the Lord's prompting to care outside your comfort zone. And then you understood why. You had to respond. But maybe you're not, you know, kind of that good of a Christian. Maybe you only Daniel fasted. I don't know, for a couple of days from Wagyu beef and lobster. I don't know. But, but you want to experience God. You know, let me tell you, you can actually take a lesson from the Old Testament uh, from Samuel, right? In 1 Samuel chapter 3, 
Young Samuel was Hanaid by Eli the priest. And in verse 7, it says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Then one night Samuel hears his voice being called. So he goes to Eli and says, yes, yes, you called. But Eli tells him, look, I didn't call you. So it happens two more times. And then in verse 8, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls, you say, speak, Lord, for it is your servant, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord begins to speak to Samuel. You see, the Holy Spirit wants us to, to join him. In fact, he, he may be speaking to some of us right now. Um, and, and if it's kind of like not you to just be that bold, that's why we have brothers and sisters of the faith in the Lord so they can pray with us and, and, and we can borrow their faith for a while so that we can do what we just feel we got it but we don't have the courage to. Okay. And anyway, if you're not that close to God, like chance them, right? I tell you, Jesus will probably let you get lucky that you stepped out. By the way, in, in regards to suicide, oftentimes the high-risk person appears to be anxious, out of sorts, and bothered. You can see how easy it is to miss, right? But that could be a, a cue for us to, to be bold. Um, <clears throat> some of you know part of this story. But on March 3rd, of last year, my dad passed away while well, he was in a long-term care facility at Wilcox Hospital on Kauai. You know, I'd had a good visit with him the week prior. Uh, we talked, we, we laughed. And so when I got word on that day from my loving and over-concerned sisters, in the morning, right, that dad wasn't doing well. Ah, I wasn't overly concerned. And anyway, I, I had a party planned that night. And, and, and Friday, I mean, plane flights, out, outer islands, Friday. And the next morning, right, some of you guys know, we have life group, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and most importantly, everyone knew my dad would go to heaven if he went. Um, my, um, so anyway, 
my four younger siblings, you know, they, they, they believed that I was kind of like dad's favorite. You know, and, and I, actually, I actually assured them each privately after he passed when the subject of favorites came up, man, man, dad said you, you were the favorite, right? Well, I mean, it was kind of true because that's what dad would want me to tell my younger siblings. But dad and I actually had something going, you know. And maybe because I was the oldest. Ah. But I, I know my dad knew. I thought of him as my hero, you know. Um, and <laughs> no more apparent was, is this true that in the last year, you know, he, he was in bed, he, he had broken his hip. So he was in this hospital bed the whole time. And so my, my siblings and my mom would go and visit him. And my siblings oftentimes would you know, mockingly complain that, you know, we, we fly to Oahu. You know, we go visit dad. Like, he just, he don't wake up. He, no matter we call, he just keeps his eyes closed. But when you come, dad always opens his eyes and dad talks. And hell, even when mom comes, he doesn't open his eyes. By the way, ask Gail about that. <laughs> But when you come, he opened his eyes. You know? Um, well, thinking about all that, uh, I said, well, you know, I thought about it. And, you know, I had a long discussion with myself. And, and um, I resolved that I should stay on Oahu. So I had Gail immediately take me to the airport so I could fly to Kauai. <laughs> And there, dad was in a coma. His breathing was quite shallow and rapid. And my siblings were, were surrounding him. And, and then I get a call. Gail, Gail's at the airport on Kauai. She flew over. And I'm, we're just surrounded, just siblings, right? So, you know, lucky thing, if you know where Wilcox Hospital, it's just like five minutes from the airport. So, so I, I rush, trying to stay within uh, 20 miles of the speed limit, and I come back, and as the elevator opens, and my dad had a corner room, um, and you could hear crying. And, and as Gail and I turned to go into the room, my sisters were wailing, like, Dad's gone, you know. Dad's gone. So Gil and I go up to him and we touch his still warm arm. And then he takes breaths. And then he likes size. You know, um, wow. His. This is kind of like the most amazing thing. That, I mean, everything seemed right. But at least in my mind, and I figured it all out, but, but this na'au, my na'au was stirred, and, and I had to be there when, when, when I actually followed and listened to the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus had something just for Gil and I to experience. When you show up, Jesus will be there. Um, you know, uh, He wants us to experience all that He has for us. You know, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For He who comes to Him, God, not, not us, us God, not other people, God, but if He comes to Him, like He says that, that He's going to reward us. And yeah, I can think of the great reward in heaven. But you know, I think when, when God is at work in your life, when, when you show up, you know what you're going to say? Because God shows up there and you're going to go this, nah, nah, for real. Hey, get, wow. Because God's into surprises. He, he wants us. And, but he's saying to, to do that, we got to take that, that, that step. It's only when we take that step, we'll see him. You know, he's, he's actually, he, he's just right next to you, right next to us. And he's saying, come, 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 come join me and experience what I have for you. He, most of the time we say, God, come join me. But he's saying, try wait, just come join me. And you will see something that is just going to rock you. Let's pray. Lord, you're, you're a good God. You, you're a dad that just loves to surprise us. But Lord, if, if we don't go and get the present, we ain't going to experience it. And, and the way you, you had it said is that if we trust you, if we believe in you, if we take that step of faith, and, and if we attend to the stirring of the Holy Spirit in our heart, Lord, you said that when we step out, we're going to experience you because you've already gone before us. Lord, you're, you're awesome and you love us so much, but you can't do what we need to do. Lord, encourage us to our brothers and sisters and, and keep speaking to us, Lord Jesus, that we might take that step and that breath. Lord Jesus, that, that, that and I didn't tell my brothers and sisters, but you know, you know what March 3rd is? It's, it's my birthday. That Lord, Lord, you had it all designed for me that, that my dad would see me take one of my first breaths in life. And Lord, I got to see him take, him take his last breath on earth. And then you got to see him take his first breath in eternal life. That's the God you are. And that's the God you have us, have for us. You want to experience all of us. You came that we might have life and have it to the full. Bless my brothers and sisters. Amen. Thanks, Hale. That's a great message. You know, I think that sometimes some of us, we don't believe that God can speak to us or we, sometimes we don't believe that we can hear God. But like Hale was saying, I think sometimes we know that God is closer than we think. Like 
Jacob said on the, as he's running away, he says, surely God was in this place, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know until I started to sense his presence. Um, and you know, sometimes we, we're busy and you're, you're, you're doing all these different things. Um, and sometimes it's because, you know, it's not because you're doing anything bad. It's just that you can be overly responsible. As Hale was sharing his, basically his kind of closing, you know, it just reminded me when um, my dad, he was at the end of a, a, a short but intense uh, bout with cancer that uh, it was on a, a Tuesday, it was a staff meeting and I get a text saying, you know, I, I'm not sure how much longer that has. And I was thinking this because I have the staff there and we're kind of going all the things that are before us. I was thinking, I'll go after I'm done. Too responsible sometimes. Then, you know, my friend said, hey, you know what, you should just go now. And I'm so glad I went because, you know, that, that time, you never get it back. Just I had a chance to say to him, you know, Dad, we're, we're here. Thank you for fighting the good fight. Don't feel bad that you're going to leave us behind. You know, Jesus is waiting. And the next minute, he, he breathed his last, and he breathed his first. But I, sometimes those promptings, God does it to deposit something in you. Sometimes he does it to, do, to move through you. And sometimes it's going to be you're, you'll be in the Word of God and something will leap off the page. You guys know that time. It's like, man, that is that time that God is really just speaking to you. Isn't it good to know that God can? Do me a favor. Can you just turn to any God can speak to you. Right? And can we just say thanks to Hale for such a great message? Thank you, Hale. Hey, we're going to prepare our hearts. We're going to take our uh, a communion together. And if you've never been here before, uh, for, for us, communion is not about if you, uh, you've lived a perfect life. It's not about whether you uh, had a perfect week. It's not about whether you're a member of the church. Uh, communion is for those who are followers of Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you, whether you're, you know, the first time here or you've been here from the beginning, it doesn't matter. Um, we're part of the family of God. And so he gives us this instruction. And, um, you know, I love this passage that Hale preached from because the thing is that Jesus met them on their lowest point. And sometimes we have to be reminded that communion isn't that moment that you do because you're strong in faith or you're good enough to take communion you guys know what i'm saying right and sometimes we feel unqualified i feel like i i blew it or whatever the case and so I, i'm not worthy the, the reality is none of us are <laughs> we don't take communion because we're worthy we take communion because he's worthy right and so this evening uh, if you're at home, I, I just want to encourage you, would you go and get something to, to take um, for the communion element? Something, some cracker or bread or whatever it is that you have. If you, you, know, you don't have grape juice, you don't have uh, like a wine, whatever. Um, if you struggle with that, please don't use real wine. But uh, if, just whatever it is, water, use, use whatever. But here's...
the thing is like Jesus met them in their point of need. And sometimes the, the need that you feel, it's in your greatest failure. It's the greatest failure of your flesh. It's the greatest uh, thing that you stumbled over. Sometimes it's the greatest thing that you're struggling with. And why, does, why do we need to bring those things before Jesus when we take communion? Because the Lord draws near to you in your greatest point of weakness. But you know who else draws near to you? The enemy draws near to you. Because if you don't give it to Jesus, you know what? The devil says, I'll take it. And I'll stir it. And I'll make it like a scar in you. And I'll, I'll use it to derail you and kind of beat you up and make you think about it over and over till you just kind of do this thing. And I think probably most of us, we've been in that route. And then we've been in the route where when we've given it to him, what has he done? He takes it on himself. Right? And so it's to remind you whether it's your greatest struggle or sometimes, to be honest, it's your greatest opportunity. Some of us, we, you know, we're in a great season. We're serving God. God's opening doors. There's all these things. But let's not get prideful. We, we didn't get that because we were great. We get it because he's great, right? And so sometimes we can be thankful for the opportunity. But a grace he's given us. So we're going to invite you to take uh, some elements in the back. And if you just... Take some, take some time and, and present yourself to him. And would you ask him, Lord, that if you don't know, you know, what's going on in your heart, would you search my heart, Lord? If there's anything between us, I, I want to just lay that at the foot of the cross today. But the elements, a piece of bread, a cup of juice in the back, and uh, we'll give you some time to reflect, and then we'll take the elements together.
know, Jesus didn't just come to meet you in your greatest felt need, you know, the thing that you're dealing with, the thing that you're struggling with, the thing that you're fearful of, the thing that you're, you know, kind of avoiding. Although he did, he wants to meet us in that, that need. But he also came to meet us, communion celebrates, that he made us, he wanted to meet us in our greatest real need. And sometimes you didn't, you're like me, you probably didn't realize that your greatest need wasn't your felt need. The greatest need wasn't you were alone. The greatest need wasn't that you failed. The greatest need wasn't that you struggled. That's not your greatest need. In 1 Peter, it says this, that Christ suffered for our sins once for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Some translations will say it like this. The just for the unjust, right? The righteous for the unrighteous. The, the greatest need I had was that the forgiveness of my sin. I never, that, that wasn't always my greatest felt need. But Jesus deals with the real need below the surface. He can deal with the symptoms in our life. He can deal with those things, but we, we bring it all before him. He suffered physical death, but was raised to life in the spirit. In the Old Testament, it says that the animal sacrifice covered over sin. It covered it over for that season. But you know, as New Testament believers, he says he comes to take it away, to separate us from our sin. It's nailed to the cross, he said. Father, as we stand before you today, we're holding a piece of bread and a cup of juice. But Lord, just like Cleopas and uh, and his uh, friend, Lord, that, Lord, that as they met you, it says that when they took the bread, their eyes were opened. God, we're just giving you all of our struggle. Lord, we're giving you all of our hopes. We're giving you all of our dreams. We're bringing it to the cross. Lord, and we're thankful that the blood of Jesus is enough. It's enough for what I'm going through at the moment. It's enough for who I am. It's enough for my greatest heartaches and my greatest aspirations today we're thankful lord that you came for us and you know if you've never said yes to jesus today you could eat the bread and you could drink the juice and you'd be eating bread and drinking juice but if you just surrender to your heart to him today if you if you confess that you're you're not as righteous as you thought you confess that you are a sinner and that you need Jesus. This is what you, you meet Jesus, the real Jesus in the taking of the bread and the taking of the cup. Father, would you visit us, your people? Would you hear our hearts today? We're thankful that your body was broken for the sin of the world, but thank you, Lord, that I take the cup because it's for my sin. It's from where I was. Lord, I remember I've not always been this way. But you loved me at my worst and you loved me at my best. Thank you that you loved me. 
despite my weakness, despite my failures. Lord, would you take the cup as a reminder, the breaking of your body for me. And Father, we're thankful that you want us to be free. You want us to not be defined by our failure, not to be defined by our sin, not to walk around just wounded till we get to heaven. But Lord, day by day, you want us to be changed and transformed. But Lord, what that means is that you have to mend us and heal us and cleanse us and forgive us. We're thankful that the blood is enough. Lord, that the blood washes, cleanses, heals. We're thankful, Lord. We want to meet you in the midst of this. Elements that remind us of who you are, of what you've done, and we're thankful. It's enough for me. Would you take the cup as a symbol? Lord, we're reminded of your grace. We're thankful for the resurrection power. And that right now, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. That, Lord, you no longer see us through our faults and through our failures. You see us, Lord, through your righteousness. And you say that we are righteous by our faith in Jesus. Thank you. We're thankful, Lord, that you're leading us forward today. That we're different than when we came. Lord, we're being changed from glory to glory. You said bit by bit and, and moment by moment, but we're thankful you're always at work. God, we love you. We bless you. We give you honor, and we receive it today. In Jesus' name, God's people say amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopecapole.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.